CrossFit 4185 presents the Community in the Fort podcast. I'm your host, Coach Mallory, and in this podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into our community to highlight our members, hear their stories, learn from each other, and have great conversations along the way. In this first episode, I sit down with one of our members, Jill Clay. Jill has been a member for nearly a year along with her husband, Brian. Every class, they always bring the fun and the laughs. And in today's episode, we talk about Jill's background, how she found CrossFit, what it was like to write her two books, and the value of being vulnerable and finding connections with people. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy my conversation with Jill. All right, guys, welcome to our first CrossFit 485 community podcast. I'm here with Jill. I'm super excited to chit-chat a little bit about fitness, kind of what brought Jill into our community, and have a little conversation. So, Jill, let's kind of start it off here. Um, Give me a little bit of background. I know you've been a member for about a year, coming up in November, which is kind of crazy that it's already been... Yeah, already been a year. Um, so give me a little breakdown of like what brought you to Fort Wayne? Have you always been here? Okay. Let's start with that. Oh wow, that yeah. goes back a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, I I grew up in the Chicago land area. I grew up in Schaumburg. Um, went to um, Wheaton Christian High School at the time. Now it's called Wheaton Academy for high school. Ran track, cross country. And there were like seven people on the team. Like it was like small. Um, I have always enjoyed running. Um, So all through college, um, I would run stress relief, um, keep my weight in check and all of those things. And that was running was my go-to. I met Brian at Anderson University um, he is from Fort Wayne, grew up going, um, living in Arlington Park, going to Black Hawk Christian yep. School. Um, so we eventually came back here after we married. We married in 92, moved up here in 95, and started having our three kids, Sydney, Keaton, and Trenton. Um, Sydney was born in 96, Keaton 98, Trenton 01. So um, they... Now are leaving the nest, which is really weird. But um, really, through through all of their growing up years, I was doing the. Um, this really dates me, but um, I was doing all the aerobic step aerobic classes at the Y and all of that sort yeah. of thing. I would do five Ks, a bunch of half marathons. I um, attempted one full marathon. Um, it was the Chicago Marathon in 08. Oh, my gosh. And it was one of, there were like three years in a row where there was no cloud cover. And they were pulling people off of the course because people were literally like dying. Like they were. Um, what? So there was no cloud cover. So it was so hot and um, awful. And, and it's in October, but it, they were just extremely hot race days. And so... I remember running thinking there's Chinatown. There's like three miles left. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But what I didn't realize is I was running off to the right. Like I was not running in a straight line, but neither was anybody else around me. So I think we were all. Oh my gosh. So they pulled us off the race. Um, and you only had three miles to go. I only had three miles to go. Oh. 
I and oh my I, gosh. For a long time, I was like, someday I'm going to, you know, but running is hard on the body. And if it's all you're doing, it it was really hard for me. So my knees and hip flexors and all of the everything, um, I started doing all the machines at the Y and everything. And Brian was like, we need to do something as a family. And when... (laughs) When um, COVID happened, we had um, two kids in town, really three, but two, my son and his daughter, or my son and his wife, our daughter-in-law, they're like active and wanting to do stuff. So um, Brian called and said, is there any way that we can start? And um, I, I work and work till 6 p.m. And so we started doing the CrossFit class at 6.30. Yeah. And it was too late for all of them but me. And so they kind of died off. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm going alone, I'm a huge morning person. So I started coming. I don't even know when it was, January, February. I started coming to the burn classes in the morning and then doing CrossFit sometimes on Tuesday and Thursday, the early class at 5.30. Um, and I begged Brian to come with me, um, but you do, you hit a wall at about two or three in the afternoon. Yeah. Especially if he's not a morning person. Right. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. I distinctly remember, um, Brian calling because I'm pretty sure we had to play a little bit of phone tag. It was like, I called and then he would leave me a message and it was just back and forth. And this guy gets on and he's like super psyched from the beginning. It's like, Okay. What do we have to do? I want to get my my I want to get joined. I want my wife to join. And oh yeah, I will have my my son and our sister in law. Like how do we how do we get going? Like you can tell he's right. already like jumping on the phone. You're like, all right, this guy's this guy's <laughs> gonna be right. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. And I can't. I mean, I remember the first that first time that you guys came in. I don't know if it was just you and Brian and Keaton. I don't think we'd met Lexi, Lexi yet. Yeah. I think it was just the three of you. And um, I remember Brian and Keaton were were struggle, a little struggle bus, a little, a little bit. We were like, Keaton was over by the drinking fountain, kind of sitting down there for a little <laughs> bit, you know. Shout out, Keaton. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just remember Brian being like, all right, this guy, he's ready to go. He's right. ready to go. And then, yeah, I think I would say you guys really through, like, the holidays and through Christmas were that 630, 630 mm-hmm. crew. Mm-hmm. Um and now the 5.30 a.m. like is one of our busiest classes. Like who would have thought, yeah. you know? I know. The parking lot is full at I know. 5 and 5.30 and we're, yeah. I think everybody just realizes how much, as you get older, like those evening times are so much more valuable. Right. And so if you're going to sacrifice a little bit of your morning, you know, kind of your morning time, um, it's worth it. Plus the group is so fun. Right. You know, we all have fun. We have a lot of fun. And I think too, like... If I'm working or like I hit a slump or whatever, and I'm like, I haven't done anything today. And I'm like, oh, wait, but I did. Yeah, right, right. And then you're like, did I do that yesterday? Oh, no, wait, that was this morning. <laughs> right. It just felt like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Um, it's funny that you say uh, the running background, because I think um, <clears throat> for most people who come into CrossFit, usually they have some kind of a running a running background. Like my family came from that. Um, my parents did the Indy Mini, gosh, probably like 10 years in a row, I want to say. And there was definitely a couple races where I think there was even a guy who died I think because so, it was too 
too hot. But there was something like 35,000 people who do it. Like It's insane. It's yeah. nuts. And my mom was kind of in that same point of, you know, you do that for, you know, however long years and how many, <clears throat> you know, um, all the miles that you just build up. Like, it's right. just a lot of wear and tear. And it's just, I think also after a while, it just gets kind of old. It gets a little boring. Right. You know, like I came from a track cross-country background. So really once I got out of college, I was like, yeah, you know, like I don't need to run so long so far all the time right you know like i would rather right. do something a little more fun and the thrill is gone yeah right but with crossfit you just never know because i never read what we're doing beforehand mm -hmm. because maybe mm -hmm. i wouldn't come then yeah yeah but i come in like all right whatever it is right you know, right and the variety of it and the really the the people around mm -hmm. you know the mm -hmm. coaches that the people that you sweat with and yeah, it just that sweat equity that you get with yeah with other people is like huge. You know, mm -hmm. it's not something that you're gonna get. I think it's really interesting. I look at it in a lot of classes of like the blend of people that we have within class. Like you can have someone who's you know a cardiologist at Parkview working out with you know a stay-at-home mom, and you would never know really where those titles kind of lay because when you're in your workout gear, everything's kind of stripped down, and right. you know there's not that uh, you know those kind of kind of barriers, I guess, for that relationship to happen. Right. Um, and so that's kind of one of those things that excites me the most about being in classes and having such a broad group of people, because I would never really interact with majority of those people if I was outside of the gym. You know, like in what circles would I? Right. Would you a small rub, town, but, rub shoulders with these people? And, right. Right. Exactly. Right. Like the amount of networking and stuff that happens within the gym, like it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but go on ahead and talk about your, let's talk like, your professional side. So you have been in radio. I did do, I don't want to sound like a creeper, but I did do a social media deep dive. Stuff. Yeah, so I knew that you had done some radio <laughs> stuff before. So I think it was a post, maybe you were on like, whoa, whoa, did you do that a couple years ago? Is that right? Oh, uh, yes. I actually, um, I have written two books. Okay, okay. And so Pat Miller on whoa, whoa, interviewed me. Um, and Pat has been, Pat and Kim have been friends of ours from church for, I don't know, 20, 20 some years now. Um, I had always wanted to write a book. I'm a huge reader um, and I always thought how cool it would be, but I never had anything to write about. And um, 10 years ago, Labor Day weekend, actually just had 10 year um, anniversary, if you want to call it that. but. Um, I found out that, and you did not know this was going this way, it's okay. but found out that Brian had had an affair. Okay. And it was very public in um, our community, in Brookside Church where we attend, because he was supposed to preach that Sunday. And Blackhawk, the kids, he is like a figure there at Blackhawk because he would go and do chapels and everything and everybody knew him. He coached girls soccer in middle school and all of these things. Like, yeah, because he graduated from there, it like, he's kind of, um, he's just well known in, in that community as well. And so, um, after we kind of got our ducks in a row and I knew he didn't want to leave and I, um, was determined to keep our marriage together and fight for our family and all of those things once we got that all straightened out. Um, 
God laid on my heart, well, now you have to write a book. And I'm like, really? Oh, this is my topic. Thanks, God. Oh, my gosh. So um, it took took about two and a half, three years um, to kind of compile it. And then I had a great group of people who just kind of fell into, like, an English teacher who is a dear friend of mine who retired. And she's like, I would love to help. Well, yes, you would love to help me. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was incredible. So anyway, I wrote that book. And then our daughter, Sydney, our oldest, went to college in the fall of 15. And um, I started writing on our family group text these little, um, I call them nudges. Um, the kids call them nags, but we won't get into that. <laughs> um, but they were just like... Um, remember who you are, remember you're loved, remember God loves you, remember who you serve, remember, um, you know, just kind of like, and it could be two sentences or it could be, you know, a page long. It just was whatever happened. And so occasionally I would send these to our family group text and then I had friends who were like, well, send them to me. And so it kind of evolved. And then when I was writing the book, um, the, the first book, um, a good marketing friend of mine said, well, you need to put those on a blog. So that's instantly I, started, I was like, yeah, blog. right. I do. <laughs> but I put them on the blog and then I had people go, oh, well, can you put them in book form? And so it just kind of happened. So then wow. the first book is called Standing Firm on Feet of Clay. Oh, and that's the good. second book is called Nudges, A Daily Push. And so those were, um, those are the two books that I've that wow, I've that's written. awesome. But that's why I was interviewed yeah. with Pat Miller. Okay. And okay. Um, my, I do have a degree in communications broadcasting from Anderson University. Um, and I, I work part-time, part-part-time really at WBCL. Um, usually it's a Sunday afternoon. And it's so pared down now to what DJing used to be. Um, but it's basically... Hi, I'm Jill. Here's the weather and um, any promos, you know. So it's it's Talk. enough, but then in a big sense, it's not enough because obviously I'm a talker. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, that's that's amazing. I feel like I'm like, gosh, I should have done a Google search. Maybe I could have. But you know, you kind of tend to avoid doing Google searches. Right. I feel like anymore. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you have ambitions of writing more? Like, do you want to write another? Would you write another book? You know what I. Yeah, I'm not done writing, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'll get to the publishing stage, um, but I probably will. Were you, did you feel like you've always been kind of a writer? Like, is that something that you've always been passionate about, or is it more of that, this kind of happened in my life, and I just need to, like, more of a, a release, if you will? Um, the first book definitely was, like, I always have been a writer, but um, never let anybody see. Like, I have too many journals that, you know, are in boxes all over the place. But when this happened in my life and I knew God laid on my heart to write that book, um, and then the way that the Nudges book kind of just evolved, and I keep writing Nudges, like Nudges, you know, I'll write them often. Um, So I don't know if that will turn into another book, the Nudges. Like a series kind of thing? Right. Um, But I... I definitely, and not, you know, 
as a writer, you go through like, well, nobody wants to read that. Like, what do I have to say? You know, like it's, it's like those doubts that you have in your head, but then um, you keep writing and go, you know what? I, I might need to share this. Yeah. And so, and I have a select group of people who all say, Hey, will you read this? And is that, and then if they're eating it up, then I, I feel good about, you know, yeah. But yeah. I have to have really honest friends to do that for me. Right. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like that is one of those things that can be so vulnerable, you know, yeah. to like put that out there to the world, especially that kind of a story mm-hmm. in such a small town as Fort Wayne where everyone knows everything. Like I'm sure that was a really challenging yeah. process, it let alone the writing of it, but then to actually mm-hmm. put it out there, put it to print. This right. is a copy. This is going to be forever, right. you know, and I'm sure that was probably really challenging for you and Brian as well, like mm-hmm. just in your relationship, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, well, how does Brian feel about And um, I mean, I know he doesn't love the book because he doesn't love the story, but the story has a really great ending. Sure. You know, sure. like we just celebrated 10 years of moving past wow. that in our in our marriage so you guys yeah. at like what 20 is it was it like 10 how long have you guys been together previously to that um actually thank you because that makes me feel really young <laughs> um when when he had the affair we had been married 19, 19. and we just okay. august 1st celebrated 29 Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So now we're on the 30. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things I think um, you talked about like overcoming those doubts. I think that that's probably one of those biggest struggles. I think, especially with, like with my generation. And I don't know if it's just because we've grown up with the internet and mm-hmm. now with social media, like it's really challenging to put your real self out there. You know, I think that we all have this like glossy filtered kind of view, I guess, of everyone and ourselves. And so you're constantly comparing yourself. You know, I think back to like, you know, I have um, siblings and cousins who are, you know, in middle school and they've got Instagram and they're seeing these friends who are doing these crazy things. And it's like, that's not real life. Like that's not actually what people, you know, while I was, when I was in middle school, you know, we had like AOL chat and that was like, you know, a thing of itself, but like we couldn't compare each other in that way. You know, we weren't looking at, you know, kids who were living in, you know, totally different areas of where we were and, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's really, that's interesting how like you can overcome those on your own self doubts and then not compare with other things it's it, that's it's so hard and that's why kids these days because now I'm I'm 52 um, <laughs> but ki- you know like my kids they get it from every angle you know and the younger kids like they they are influenced and surrounded by everything every form of media uh, I mean it's it's really scary, I think, to be a kid. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and I think it's also, in so many ways, it's it's awesome, right? It's We're in a state where the, all those things are so many positive things to be had for those kinds right. of things. You know, right. if you look at you know, outreach programs or, you know, just knowledge in general, but right. there's also that turn of how much is too much. And then how do you possibly begin to, to filter out what's right? You know, I even think to... Um, some of our kids classes and you know, they turn on YouTube when they're in childcare and it's like, you're watching these YouTube videos and it's like, 
this isn't real. Ryan's world is not real, right? right? Like this is scripted. They're getting paid to do these things. Right. And then you're like, how do you explain that? You know? So it's, it's all very interesting and complex thing and it's challenging and messy. And you know, it's like, how do you navigate? How do you navigate all that? Right. So I think it's, I don't know. I think it's one of those things that is just a whole new problem. You know, I feel like you just replace one problem with another one. You know, our problems 20 years ago aren't going to be problems in the future. Right. Um, so I guess going back to like the doubt part of it, like how did you get past, so you've got the book written, you want to do it. How do you, how do you then finally pull the plug to be like, let's put this out here. Was that like a long process? Was that what, how did that work? Um, I had, a, I had a marketing friend who I, I hired to, you know, to like help me like put the book out there and do all of that. Um, get the cover and the four words and everything, you know, looking good. Um, and she was really, really good. She is good, but she was very, very good for me to say um, everything is, you know, you had your, your formatter, you had your editor friend, you did all these things and everything, you know, there, you could go into that piece of work mm -hmm. and tweak it for the rest of your life. But you have to say, all right, they check marked it. They check marked it. You had people read it for typos and for whatever. They gave you the check mark. Now we need a date to say this is when it's going to be published. And it was basically just, all right, it's it's out there. It's prayed over. Let's just let let's just put it put it out there. And there were there were people in my family. I have a couple um, aunts that were like, why in the world would you relive? Like, wasn't it painful enough? And I mean, really the whole point of it was because God kind of told me to do it. I mean, not audibly, but you sure. know, I really felt led that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, but it's to help other people. Right. Because because ours was so public in our little slice of this world, um, I became a safe place for people who were going through it, who never have anybody to talk to about, you know, they don't want to tell their family. They don't want to tell their friends because it's so hard. It's such a lonely place Yeah, that I became a safe place for people to say, Hey, can I have coffee with you and talk about, you know, and I, am astounded like I love to exaggerate but I'm not exaggerating when I say hundreds of people have had conversations with me about infidelity in their life in their marriage um with their spouse you know all sure of all spectrums of things yeah uh, that's my next my next kind of question was just how people responded because was it was that pre like did you put it out on like amazon like was it just or how did it's, that all it, it is self-published um through it was create space but now it's um kdp which is the kindle part of okay 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 so it is out it's not out on kindle form but it's out you know so you it's go on to amazon, worldwide but this yes. is like big time you go to yeah. amazon and you can get either one of my books and then um they will ship it to you that's print awesome. and ship it. So, so I can imagine the scope of people that you were able to reach was probably a lot more than you expected. Right. And I was, 
you know, you always hope, you know, that it's just going to be this great big seller. For me, it was, um, but it wasn't, um, I, I'm not really disappointed that I wasn't on the New York Times bestseller list. I'm more excited about what God did with did with it and continues to do with it. Like I still get royalty checks. Well, sure. I would, that's my, you, you know, know. So you had it published, you said in 2015? No, this was published in, um, the first one was 18 and the second one was 19. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's still, I would say that was still very recent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? I mean, it's a long yeah. process, but, um, yeah, I would think that with it just being on a platform like Amazon, like the, that yeah. could, people could continually right. get it all the time. Right. So that's crazy. Yeah. So oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine putting out, you know, it's one thing to talk to your friends about your, your issues that you have going on at home. It's a totally different thing to have to like put it out in the world and right. Right. You know, and I, and I think that's a good thing. I think people probably aren't vulnerable enough. You know, I think that's something that even goes along with what we were talking about with, just social media and having this perception because I think even when we kind of pull it back to being in the gym a little bit what we were talking about before recording is that we want to create a place where people feel comfortable to be able to share those kinds of things mm -hmm. you know and I think that there's not very many places where people feel like they can do that um, and and I think it's a really special thing to have that connection with someone to where you feel like you can have those hard conversations. And I think the hard conversations aren't things that people want to have, especially now. Right. You know, everyone, when you ask someone how their day is going, oh, it's fine. It's I'm fine. fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. It's like really though, you know, really what's going on. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, I can even think back to conversations that we had just after class of just like everyone kind of opening up and it's, it's amazing what that environment of, quote unquote, suffering together in a workout uh -huh. can then lead to, right. oh, I can open up to this person. This person's trustworthy. This right. person sees me. You know, I think that's right. just something that people don't really get a lot in right. their day-to-day -day life. That was a huge bonding moment. It, it, this is a sort of a stupid story, but when I was training for um, the Chicago Marathon, I um, was training with a friend of mine and she has been a runner forever, is still a runner, is a phenomenal runner. And she like, you know, carried me along. And I think we had just done a 17 mile run. I think it was the 17 year, like that was like what you did on the weekend while you were training. The big run. Yes. The big one. And yeah. so 17 miles, we finish and we're running up to her house. And I, and I do, I, cherish her friendship. She is wonderful. But I said to her, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's honestly, it's amazing what happens at the end of a workout. We're even in the workout where you're like having an endorphin rush and all of a sudden you're like, want to cry? And you're like, why am I experiencing these things? What, what, is, what is yeah. this? This is not okay. Like, I think we've all been in that place of like, you know, I just need to like release this. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where it's coming from. Or oh. And I was like, I love you so much. And she's like, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> that is hilarious. And, you know, I tell people all the time, and, and we even talk about this with our with our coaches of, you know, when people come in, they are just craving that place of just being able to talk about what they have going on. Like it's amazing what people will talk to you about with and meeting them for like fifteen minutes and you're spewing your whole life story and and you know and sometimes it's just like, hey, I'm just here to listen. Like 
you know, that's, that's what's really is all this about, like you're heard. Um, right. So it's amazing sometimes what people will, will kind of let, let go and kind of have their barriers of, you know, being in a, in a gym and, right. know, and I think it does become a safe place because you're, you're vulnerable showing up and, you know, Half asleep on a 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> doing pigeon stretches yeah, with, yeah. you know, perfect strangers and, you know, like, I, you're, oh, yeah. you are, you're vulnerable, you're, I don't know if I can do this, and then when you can, and everybody is, like, fist pumping, like, we did it, you did it, you know, and I, know. I, yeah. I mean, there is that, it's a, it's a beautiful place, and like you said, there are people from all walks of life that can come and, you know, sweat like hostages and yeah it's yeah it's good it's good it's good and, it, and I think it's an eye-opening experience because we're able to kind of meet people where they are because it's really hard to know you know exactly what's going on in everybody's life outside of the gym so at least that we can have a place where you know even if you don't want to open up right away like it's a place where hopefully you build that that comfortability and you can kind of have that and share that with one another um even if it's just between, you know, you guys in the gym, not necessarily even us coaches, right. but just you guys having that time with those. Cause you've been there, right? You've been yeah. in that situation where you were nervous to walk in the door. We were scared about what was going to happen. We were, right. you know, every, I'm sure if I could oh. pull it off and yeah. Yeah, exactly. How far are they going to have to scale this back for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. I remember from my very first time of walking to the gym, of just feeling that like pit in your stomach, nervousness, you know, don't know if I can do this. And then miraculously you do. And you're like, how did I do that? I don't know. Right. Right. Amazing. So yeah, that's crazy. Well, awesome, Jill. Well, I really appreciate you coming in. You and Brian have been such a blessing for the gym. I really appreciate all that you guys have done. You guys are an absolute pleasure to work with. Thank so you. I'm super excited to see where you guys go from here. Well, we, we love, we love it. And Brian's attendance is going to like skyrocket now because he got the new shoes. So hey, that's perfect. All new. They, whatever it takes. You know, look good, feel good. Feel good, right. play good, play good, win. Right. That's fine. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jill. Um, appreciate it and look forward to seeing you in class. Thanks. Thank you for listening to our first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next month for our next episode where we'll be talking to another member of our CrossFit 4185 community. If you want to learn more about CrossFit 4185, follow the link in our bio to check out our website and social media pages. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.